0: I got a girl with a mind on love, the kind of love that is dangerous, it knocks me down but I can't back up. Hey everyone, welcome back, back, back get to get Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan, we've made it to 100 episodes, I cannot believe I've done 100 of these already, um, it's been fun week in, week out doing these and producing these for your people to listen to so... Um, can't wait for people to listen to this one as I have my brother on talking about week 10 of the NFL season, give our picks for week 11. So we kind of discuss all the wacky things that ended up happening in week 10, pretty much everything that we predicted did not happen. So we kind of recap all the things that happened there and we give our exciting week 11 picks and also updates on fantasy football as always. So guys, tune in and thank you for all those people that have been count you know, listening, supporting, um, as I've started this podcast. So be on the lookout for more stuff. I know I've been slacking on some of the soccer podcasts. So we'll be be on the lookout for that and basketball podcast coming out on friday so be on the lookout for that as it's been 10 games into the season so i'll have andrew ramondi on so a lot of stuff on the horizon um yeah so let's give my brother a call
1: hello hey mike Welcome back to the podcast for week 10 of the NFL season. Um, Mike, welcome back. And what a crazy, wild, wacky week it was. Yeah, this was definitely one of the wilder and weirder weeks of the uh, NFL. There were just so many upsets, so many unexpected results. Yeah, and thank God that we haven't been keeping track of like all the games that we've been predicting because I think our record would have been under five months well under five hundred this week. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean this week was just a a, a really tough one. Um, I, I saw like some crazy stats where it's like if you put a hundred dollars down and you bet every like every if you if you bet like the lines correctly for like the Chiefs game, uh, the Falcons game or something, you would have just won like $100,000. So absolutely insane what happened this week. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. And um, I went 3-1 this week in our differentials pool type Mm -hmm. of thing where the Jets, the Browns, and the Seahawks pulled it out. And the Cowboys had a chance to pull it out against Minnesota, but they Mm -hmm. ended up losing in like the last minute or so. So it for me, I had a pretty good week in our differentials, but all the other games that we're pretty like solid on in terms of our predictions just kind of went haywire. So there's a lot of games to review. Like, um, where where do you want to start? What was like the most surprising game to you out of all the wacky results? Yeah, I. So it's got to be the Falcons Saints. That was that was the craziest result. Like, who would have thought that the Falcons? who looked like they were going to roll over and just, you know, take their two and 14 season would be honestly what we thought is one of the top, top contenders in the NFC, beating the Saints. Yeah, I definitely did not see this coming, especially because, I mean, if you even watch the game, Devonta Freeman went out um, in the middle of the game. So there was a guy named Brian Hill, not Mm -hmm. Nito Smith, not Edo Smith, because he was on the ER, IR. Uh, Brian Hill ends up coming in, uh, toting the rock. And it's not even like Matt Ryan or Brian Hill kind of went off. It, like, Brian Hill carried the ball 20 times for 61 yards for three yards to carry. And then Matt Ryan only threw for 182 yards through the air. So it's not like they went absolutely insane or anything like that. But I was really impressed with that. Uh, Falcons defense. Yeah, no, I agree. Six sacks for the Falcons defense just played really like they care for some reason this week. Um, Doesn't really make much sense. since they are out of the playoff race. They're definitely, definitely not a team we think of uh, having any chance of making the playoffs, but yeah, they, the defense played exceptionally well. Um, But the saints, like the, the offense really did not impress me at all. Did not. Uh, And, You just kind of have to think, like, you have to give more than four carries to Alvin Kamara, don't you? Yeah, you have to. You have to. Throughout the whole game, like, four carries, that's kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah. To give a, a top five, top six running back in the league four carries, like, I don't know, maybe he's hurt, maybe he's dealing with some lingering injuries, but, I mean, you have a solid backup in Latavius Murray, too, so... I mean you got you gotta feed the ball to your running to to your running backs a little bit more. It seems like every play, like Drew Brees was going back to pass. Um and yeah, I just I, it wasn't working out for some reason. I think that the Saints are really dangerous right now when they really have Alan Kamara going. You don't really know how they're gonna hurt you, but it just seems like they relied on the pass game way too much. And I know the Falcons secondary is, is definitely one that you can exploit, but um You know, just to just to keep relying on the pass game versus giving the ball to Alvin Kamara, I it it didn't make much sense to me. Yeah, it it really perplexed me that they weren't even like force feeding Kamara in that situation. Um, But yeah, it was it's surprising that the Falcons won by that much, and um, I don't know what we can kind of write it off as. Maybe it was just a fluke game, and maybe. The uh, for the next week or so, we'll see the Saints kind of recover, especially with the juicy matchup against the Bucks. Maybe Drew Brees mm-hmm. bounces back and they have a nice, nice game, but uh, yeah, did not really foresee that happening, especially with this with uh, the Falcons entering the game at one and seven. Um, mm-hmm. so that was an, a surprising result for me. One of the other surprising results was, I mean. Titans Chiefs. I mean, the Titans are a pretty good team um, from their record, but I don't think anyone really foresaw that happening where this Titans were able to pull it out against this Pat Mahomes uh, Chiefs-led offense. And Mahomes had a great day, 446 yards through the air, three touchdown passes. Yep, he looked great. But, But the The Chiefs' defense has some work to do um, if they're going to enter the playoffs and be serious contenders against, it looks like, Baltimore and the Patriots uh, leading the way atop the AFC. Yeah, and I think that a lot of teams are starting to figure out how to play the Chiefs. Um, Obviously, you try and limit what Patrick Mahomes can do to you by really controlling the game clock with your run game. Derek Henry, like the Chiefs defense, especially their run defense, which is so porous, like Derek Henry every time he ran, you you thought that he's just so much bigger than their uh, front seven. And also, you know, averaging eight yards per carry, two touchdowns, almost two hundred yards. That's crazy. Like yeah, the Chiefs really need to get their defense, um, in order. And also their special teams, like kind of a kind of kind of let them you know, the Titans get back in the game at the end there. Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I just think those, it kind of just shows, like, while offense is becoming more and more important in the NFL and probably the more most dominating factor amongst the three phases of the game, it shows that if you can't stop the run, and especially with the offense that the Chiefs have, where they have a quick strike offense, but you want to limit the opportunities that they get, that if you're able to do that, then you have a fighter's chance in terms of being able to pull out a result against this Chiefs team. Yeah, and I think you were talking about offense being like um, this huge wave in the NFL, but if you look at like the two best teams, in the AFC and NFC, right, like the Patriots and... I don't know about you. The Seahawks look amazing, but the 49ers, their defense is also great. They are definitely one of the top two or three teams, I think, this NFC. Um, But, yeah, like defense is really leading the charge for those teams. Um, But, yeah, like this Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, how how worried are you if you're a Chiefs fan? I mean – right now I wouldn't be as worried it's just that they're sitting at 6 and 4 now and they have I would and I don't I wouldn't even count the Chargers out sitting at 4 and 6 I mean we're kind of in love with the Chargers on this podcast but um even the Raiders sitting at 5 and 4 now they're only a half a game behind with um a couple of divisional games coming up that are really important for the Chiefs they have that important Monday night game against the Chargers who, if the Chargers lose that game, they're pretty much out of the playoff picture. And then they have the Raiders the following week um, as well. And then they have the Patriots on the road. So these next three games are going to really determine what ends up happening with the Chiefs and their playoff picture. Yeah, I agree. I I, I wouldn't be too worried if I'm the Chiefs, to be honest. Um, I think that they win two of those three. And make the playoffs and win the division, but you know it's it was a very surprising result. It totally was, and one I, I mean I think one of the, actually the one thing that we kind of kind of kind of glossed over in that Atlanta Falcons and the Saints game was Young Hae who Mike. Young Hae who he ends up picked going him to up. Pick, six for six on all of his kicks, three for three on his field goals and three for three on his extra points uh, or two for two on his extra points and I think four for four on his kicks. Uh, so amazing, amazing uh, game for him. So really excited to see that happening to a fellow Korean, fellow, fellow Jersey, shout out to Ridgewood, New Jersey. So uh, that was really cool to kind of see uh, that end up ending up happening as well in that Falcon Saints game. Yep. Yep. Had to pick them up in fantasy. Uh, The coup luck charm. So we'll see if that turns around my uh, my fantasy woes. Yeah. um, Other games that we could get into that were surprising. I would say um, the the other game that was fairly surprising um, that maybe some people were a little shocked by, but because of maybe the quarterback injury to Jacoby Brissett, it wasn't as surprising that Miami Dolphins pulling out a win on the road against Indianapolis 16 to 12. Miami really has no incentive to win at all, but um, they were able to pull out an ugly win against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. Yeah, it, it really wasn't a great game and the Colts here are really struggling. Um, I mean, Jacoby Brissett did not think he was, like, an amazing quarterback, to be honest. But, I mean, you plug in Brian Hoyer. I, I You would think that the drop-off from, like, Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett would just be, like, a greater diff, difference than, like, Jacoby Brissett to Brian Hoyer. But it seems like this team is not very good when Jacoby Brissett is not playing. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are, but... I'm a Colts fan. I I need Jacoby to be back as soon as possible. I'm worried that any team I could lose to any team basically at this point. I mean, they really need him back um at this point. Um, especially for their playoff picture and that tight AFC South now, where I would say all four teams are still in that division with um this Texans sitting at six and three, Colts sitting at five and four uh the Titans sitting at five and five and the Jaguars sitting at four and five. So they're all four teams are still within the playoff picture there. Mm. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And I mean Yep, sorry, go ahead. I mean the I think the last of the surprising ones is just Rams Steelers. Maybe we could get to some of the more exciting games that you found interesting. Yep. Um but yeah like surprising game like the Steelers being the Rams we could talk about it when we talk through, like, a division, you know, implications or playoff implications. But, yeah, it's not looking good for the Rams. Jared Goff did not look good at all. Um, thoughts, Thoughts here on this game? I mean, I think my thoughts on the game was how impressive that Pittsburgh defense looked and the amount of edge pressure they were able to get on Jared Goff, like, he literally had no time to throw the ball um, in passing situ and in, in known passing situations. And even when he did get rid of the ball, there was pressure in his face constantly um, with TJ Watt, Alvin Dupree, Cameron Hayward, all kind of um, like, just kind of like pressuring him around him. Um, wasn't able to get any help really around um, um, in the run game as well for, um, for Jared Goff. And it just kind of, I, I just feel like their offense has, has kind of stagnated at this point. And it, it kind of shows that their offense is, was really predicated on Todd Gurley running the ball and a lot of the play action, um, as a result of that um success on the in the run game, um, was their bread and butter and now that they haven't been able to rely too much on Todd Gurley because he's been injured, it's become a problem when Jared Goff has to make a five step drop and go go back and throw the ball. Yeah. I mean I, I don't quite get it though. Like I still don't quite get what Todd Gurley's deal is. Um I don't know if it's like a load management piece, but he looks pretty good out there. They just don't want to feed him, give him more than like 15 carries.
0: Well, Um, they
1: they better be feeding him the ball sooner rather than later because there's not going to be really any load management for him to kind of manage going into the playoffs because they might not even make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, and if they don't make the playoffs this year, this is kind of their all-in year uh you start having to pay some just crazy contracts, um, and your title window is kind of like this year and maybe next year. So we'll, we'll kind of have to keep our eyes out for the Rams, but that was kind of a huge game for the Rams. They can't really drop anymore. Um, just the fact they lost to the Steelers, they, they just can't drop anymore those kind of close uh, close games right? Especially with how well the Vikings look, the Seahawks look. It, it's just not a good look for their chances on the playoffs. Totally agree with you. And if you look at it, the Vikings are sitting at seven and three now with that key win against the Cowboys on on Sunday night. And uh, the Rams are sitting at five and four. So it, they're already two wins back. Um, of the Vikings. So it's going to be really tough for them to kind of make up ground in that NFC playoff race. Um, and, you know, I was, I think we're both a little bit surprised that the Viking, well, I guess you weren't too surprised because you ended up choosing the Vikings um, to win in that game. But I was surprised that Kirk Cousins was able to pull it off on the road on Sunday night um, during that during that hugely important road game for them. And there's playoff implications on both sides for them. For the Vikings, they look like they're putting pressure on the Packers in the NFC North. But for Dallas, they're in a dogfight with the Philadelphia Eagles, tied on record, sitting at 5-4 and four now for that NFC East crown. And it's kind of looking week by week a lot better and better about my beginning of season prediction of Philadelphia moving forward in the NFC East, especially when you compare schedules between the two teams. And I would say the Eagles have a little bit more of a favorable schedule in comparison to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. It, it was definitely a great, I, I actually really enjoyed this Vikings Cowboys game. I was really impressed with the Vikings defense in particular, just, any time Ezekiel Elliott got the ball, they managed to get some really, really key stops. Um, one really important one was on, like on the last drive, when Dallas went for it on fourth. For them to stop them was just, like, their defense, their defense looks like a top-five unit, right? Yeah. Especially was, their run defense. I was really impressed by their run defense, just because, like, Zeke, he looked. When he was running the ball, he looked discouraged in terms of in terms of running the ball. You know, carry after carry, not getting anything. He ended up only having uh, 47 yards total on 20 yard, 20 carries. So um, mm-hmm. the Vikings, re- I think, really kind of made it a mindset for them to stop the run. And I think overall, that's kind of what you have to do with this Dallas Cowboys offense. You just kinda of load the box, stop the run, um, again Zeke on first and second down, and then you kind of take your chances with Amari Cooper, maybe put one you know, go man to man and then uh double and double him over the top with a safety and then you take your chances across the board with Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb going man to man over there and kind of see see what other guys can beat you besides Zeke and Namari Cooper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, Dak looked great in that game, too. He had three touchdowns, almost 400 yards. So he looked good. It's just, I, I, I mean, honestly, like, the Vikings, for me it wasn't that the Cowboys looked bad that game, just the Vikings, it was really impressive to see how well that defense played and Kirk Cousins for stepping up. In a, yeah, yeah. In game. I totally agree with that. I think, I mean, the Vikings definitely were the ones that won the game. It's not like the Cowboys necessarily lost it. It's just, I think that's just kind of the model slash formula you kind of take when trying to beat this Cowboys team. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think you kind of saw that with the Jets doing something similar against the Cowboys when they won as well. Right. And in terms of other interesting games, I mean, I think that the game of the week has to go to the Seahawks 49ers game. Oh, yeah. That was clearly the most exciting – probably one of the best games of the season thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, just – do you want to kind of, like, recap what ended up happening, like going into overtime, and it was just, like, crazy in terms of, like – like, first of all, at the end of regulation – um i i don't even remember the guy's name the kicker's name for san francisco but he ends up tying it um at 24 his name's chase mclaughlin ends up tying at 24 with a 47 yard field goal and then he gets a chance to win it at the end of regulation um and and completely muffs it shank like same exact yardage on the field goal, pretty much the same exact position on the field and just a complete shank. It it was just like a really bad shank. Um, That was not good. So then they go into overtime and like, I don't know if you've kind of seen the, the, um, the uh, viral uh, video that's going around social media right now, but, we're having a Yanni type of situation, blue gold dress situation. Uh, did um, Gino Smith say heads or tails on the, on the coin toss for overtime? Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that video kind of come across, but clearly the ref thought he said heads. I thought he actually said tails at the time and then didn't think much of it. And then after the game, I was sc- scrolling through Twitter, and people were like, "Did he say heads or tails?" And that kind of went off um, on the Twitterverse. Um, so that ends up happening. Didn't really affect anything because yep. both, both teams got the ball. Both teams got a chance after Russell Wilson had a pretty bad pick um, uh, at the end of the first possession for Seattle. Um, not a great throw by him kind of severely under the ball um, really deep into San Francisco territory. San Francisco ends up coming back down. They couldn't score. So they pumped the ball. I just thought the clock management wasn't great towards the end of the game by San Francisco. Like, I think they had under two minutes left with the ball. They end up going three and out and didn't run any time off the clock because they threw three incomplete passes. So there was a lot. I think they only burned off like 25 seconds of clock, um, to give Russell Wilson t- about a minute, 20 or so, I believe, um, time to, to drive down the field for a game winning field goal by Jet Jason Myers, um, mm. who ends up taking the game winning field goal to win 27, 24, um, just a really exciting game between these two teams. Um, and I think these two teams prove that they're two of the best teams in the league um, right now. Yep. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, in terms of, yeah, a, a really bad throw by Russell Wilson, but he was getting chased all game like that 49ers front seven. We talk about it every week, but th- they just, like, jump at a different speed, if that makes sense. Like, I was just watching, you know, some of the highlights again, and it was kind of crazy how quick their first jump, how, how quick that first step was. Like, and and, and you compare that against the Seahawks defense, who also had five sacks. Um, yeah, Jadeveon Clowney, all game, was mm, a destroyer for that Seahawks defense.
0: Like, yeah, like, and, and that's, it, that's why he made the
1: trade. Yeah, completely decimated that offensive line and was really getting to Garoppolo, and I think Garoppolo was getting jittery in the pocket. Yep, I would totally agree with that. Um, But, yeah, Clowney with the touchdown as well. I mean, honestly, the 49ers just looked – that defense just looked so good. That defense just looked so good. I just don't know if this offense with Jimmy G can put it together. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't necessarily blame Jimmy G. It's just, I don't know if they have enough weapons around him to kind of take advantage of how good this defense is. Like, especially with George Kittle out of this game, like, Mm -hmm. he was, like, relegated to Ross Dwelly, and then his his best pass-catching option was Debo Samuel, who ended up having 112 yards receiving. But it's just not many great weapons around him in the pass offense and especially like if they're down during the game they're not going to be able to run the ball that as much and it's going to be heavily reliant on Jimmy G and the weapons around him and Emmanuel Sanders ends up going out and um mm-hmm. and that that hurt in that really Yep that that ends up really hurting them as well so i just think that really affects them but i thought you know, if Emmanuel Sanders is in the game, I think it changes the complexion of maybe the way their offense runs and instead of someone like Ken you know, Kendrick Bourne had a decent game, but instead of someone like, you know, Dante Pettis getting looks, Emmanuel Sanders is there, um, making those catches, things like that. Um, on the other side of things, Will Russell Wilson, like does this performance, although he kind of had that costly pick, does is he, like, the leader of the MVP race right now? Because, like, the guys that are around him, like, on the closing drive, he had DK Metcalf, Jacob Hollister, Malik Turner, and Josh Gordon. He just came off the street as his wide receivers as he was making the two-minute drill. Tyler Lockett ends up was sitting on the bench hurt. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hugely impressed by Russell Wilson and what he's able to do um, with the weapons around him. And it's not like he has, like, a hugely dominant run game or anything like that when Marshawn Lynch is there, although Chris Carson's doing a really good job. I'm just hugely impressed by what Wilson's been able to do um, with the talent around him. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I I think he he is the front runner right now, given how much the chief, given how much Maho, you know, Mahomes has been injured, he his team's success just hasn't been there, and that's more a fault of the defense. And I think that for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks he he's had a few great games, but you know, also a few games where just the like, average. Pedestrian yeah, kind just of just average. Yeah, like not MVP. Like, like it's almost like Aaron Jones uh, takes over the show there when he has like his five touchdown game or like you know another yeah, three, three touchdown. Yeah, yeah, three touchdown game this week, right? Like, it's it's yeah. I I think that the Seahawks Russell Wilson, given like you know he doesn't have the best line either. Um, solid running back, but. Really, not that many offensive weapons. He's really making DK Metcalf, like a rookie wide receiver, look quite good and a quite good fantasy pickup. So, so yeah, I I would agree with that. Russell Wilson for MVP right now. Yeah, and even with the Packers, like I think even from Week One against that Chicago team, they've kind of proven that they are a more well-rounded team, um, especially relying on their defense. They got a huge fourth-down stop this week against Christian McCaffrey, it was kind of like, all right, you know where the ball's going. It's going to Christian McCaffrey. Let's see if you could stop him. They were able to do that towards the end of that game uh, to pull out the victory as time was expiring. So that was a hugely important game for the Packers. Kind of, uh kind of maintains their, their lead in the NFC North and vice versa or on the other side of things. The Panthers... Are in the thick of the playoff race, and that could have been a hugely important win for them. Weren't able to pull it out, so um, I was really impressed by the Packers defense, kind of had the classic Green Bay game going with the snow falling and everything like that. So, yep. it was really, I thought it was really cool to see uh, Green Bay win in different ways, and in some ways, it can be pretty encouraging. That they're still able to pull out victories with Rodgers really putting up uh, very average numbers um, in a game like that. So I would actually be a little bit more encouraged if I was a Packers fan, knowing that Rodgers can kind of turn it on when he needs to, and everything else around on this Packers team is working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would generally agree. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers has a middle level to get to, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, He's definitely not the MVP for now. You can't make the case for the Wilson. All right, Mike. So let's do our little five minutes on the Jets and then kind of move on fairly quickly. I know. Can we make it it quicker? It's just not not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, they ended up winning 34 27, so kudos to the Jets for that. winners of the I don't even know what to call it bowl, but the New York Big Apple Bowl or whatever they want to call it. But they end up pulling it out. Daniel Jones going for four touchdowns. Pretty impressive for the Giants. But um I I mean did I really want them to win? I don't know. Like I guess it was okay because like it kind of shut up Giants fans around here. But the Jets also announced this week, uh, I would say even, I think it was today on Wednesday, um, when we were recording the podcast, that Chris Johnson, CEO of the Jets, is keeping Adam Gaze for the 2020 season, no matter what happens. Um, So give me your thoughts on that really quick before we move on. No, I'm confused by it, to be very honest. Nothing from Adam GaSe has shown me that he's uh, he's uh, above average coach. So I I don't understand it. I really don't understand the commitment to him. Um, he's had a few, he's had a little bit of bad luck. I'll be honest with Sam Darnold getting up. the um, the sickness, um, a few close games not going their way. But I think they have like 13 guys on IR season ending IR. Um, yeah, but. Other, I mean, still, it's just not like very encouraging. Um, and I just don't really like how he's leading the team. <laughs> so, um, I'm pretty shocked that Johnson kind of came out there. Maybe it's one of those things like I read reports today that he, maybe he didn't want to pay three, co- you know, three coaches, head coaches, where he'd still be paying the buyout for, you know, for Todd Bowles and, um, it like he just didn't want to be on the hook for that much money tied up into his head coaches yeah. and he didn't want to set the culture of like head coaches not wanting to come coach in New York by firing a coach one year after he got hired. So uh, I kind of read that, which I guess kind of makes sense in some ways. And mm-hmm. I'm like an advocate of, ability at a coaching position across pretty much all sports, but still pretty perplexing that he would kind of come out and just say his job is secure after Gaze not showing any really good confidence or success throughout the year so far. Yeah, I don't get it either. You need to get some results, too. As a head coach, I I understand like the reputation that you want, but you can also have a reputation for allowing like that, like mediocrity, right? So for me, I don't quite get it, but I I I wouldn't mind. if you know he's here for the season. It's yeah, already done. It's, it's, right mean, done. it's already. Done, but, yeah, let's let's think a little bit. Um, but yeah, like right. should we move? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Before we get into predictions, I think as playoffs are kind of coming around the corner, we're already entering week 11. I can't believe it's week 11 of the NFL season already. Like, as we enter week 11, playoff picture is kind of taking shape as well as kind of being muddied again as – all the wackiness ended up ensuing this week. I think it brought more teams into it in the AFC, and then maybe the NFC picture kind of crystallized, which wasn't the case over the past nine weeks of the season. So, Michael, if you had to take, like, as of today, who are you taking in the AFC as your playoff playoff teams? Because, I'm counting all these teams that are within two games. You count the Patriots, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Texans, Colts, Titans, Jaguars, all in the AFC South. So that's six, nine, 11 teams for six spots. Um, The Bills look shaky, losing to a Cleveland Browns team. Um, They're at six and three now. What do you think? Does it? Do you think this what happened this week kind of changed your thinking going into the AFC playoffs picture? Um, a little bit, right? I I think you have to look a little bit more favorably on the Steelers now, right? They yeah. don't have a hard schedule. Uh, very very winnable games in this latter half of the season. I mean, I just I don't believe in Rudolph at all. He he doesn't look good, right? But at the same time, you might get Big Ben back later in the season. So who knows what could happen there. For for me, I would have, you know, obviously the Patriots, the Chiefs still as my two, the Texans. Uh, sorry, the Chiefs potentially maybe not the two seed, but, uh, you know, Baltimore might be there. Um, but, yeah, Baltimore, Chiefs, Texans. And for the two wild-card spots, it really feels like the bills are going to fall off. It really does. Are we? Um, are you talking yourself into the raiders possibly? <laughs> I I'm not counting them out to be honest, but you know buffalo has to play the cowboys, ravens, steelers, patriots, um, and a lot of these games are away. I I wouldn't feel too great about their chances in, in those four games to be honest. So. I, I might go with the Steelers here. I think the Steelers have a good shot. They have a nice schedule, and
0: are you whole... picking
1: out of out of the AFC South teams? Are, are you... you still on Jaguars bandwagon? No, I'm I'm out of Jaguars <laughs> bandwagon. Um, yeah, no, this this is like the toughest one to predict. Um, the Raiders have not looked bad. No, they haven't. Um, impressive four and one record at home. Um, honestly, but I'm not exactly sure who you're going with here. It, it's literally I. It's like toss those names out of a hat, and you could t- talk me into the Colts, Titans, uh, Chargers, Raiders. Phil- like you could pull one of those guys out of the hat and make an argument for each, and I'd be like, okay, you know what I mean? It's not. It doesn't seem like there's a clear, clear top six in the AFC right now. Yeah. And I I just don't like the Colts or Titans. Like, I don't like their schedules, to be honest, which is kind of why I'm slightly favoring the Raiders or Bills here. So, Mm -hmm. if if I had to choose one, I might go with, I mean, honestly, I might go with the Raiders. I just wanted to hear you say that. So then when they go on this, their inevitable four-game losing streak to end the season, I can kind of rub it in your face. I it's it's kind of hard to really trust the Raiders just because of that defense. Like even though they showed some things uh, on that in that Thursday night game, I I'm just a little worried that they're they're a little too young in a lot of different spots that they won't able to pull it out. Um, yeah, it's it's really tough though to. Like, if Jacoby Brissett was still playing, I think the Colts are pretty – like, I'd be really comfortable choosing the Colts. Um, who, who, who's your sixth then, Kev? I think my sixth has to be – like, the fact that the Bills have six wins already is encouraging, but the, they don't have – like like, the – do you think nine and seven gets it done in the AFC? Because the three teams that, like, although they have the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Patriots, those are four really tough games that they could all lose. The three games that are remaining on their schedule are the Dolphins, the Broncos, and then the Jets. So those three those, are, guys, those aren't gimmies to be honest. I don't think that those are gimmies. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're gimmies, but I would say the Bills would probably be favored in all three of those games. Yep, I I would agree with that. So, my question is, does 9 and 7 get you there? And they only have to go 3 and 4 to get to 9 and 7. Like it's gonna be really tough. Like the Chargers are sitting at four and six right now. Like, are they gonna go five and one to end the year? Um, yeah. Even the, you know what I mean. Like, it's gonna to be tougher for teams like that um, to get to get there. The Colts, the Titans. Like, I really have no idea. Like, maybe I can just give my top five and then see whether things crystallize. If I had to give it though. Steelers are my clear number five at this moment. Number six, give me the Titans, actually. You know, they're sitting at five and five, coming off that Chiefs win. Um, they have a, they have some – now I'm not loving their schedule looking at it. They have Texans, Saints, Texans to end the year, and they still have the Colts and the Jets. Like, there's a lot to be, like, kind of unpacked in that AFC South still. Yep. So. Uh, maybe the Raiders are looking like the best bet at this point, but maybe to be contrarian, I'll just go with the Bills then, at number six still. Um, mm. it, got it. That makes no. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I know Browns too. Yeah, it's just really tough to kind of determine who's gonna be like there, but let me go with the Bills, number six, just schedule, pure schedule, like. They should be able to beat the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Jets. Um, and it's not like the Steelers are like going to be like, while it'll be a tough game, I just don't think it'll be like, no one's really scared of Mason Rudolph either. So it, I would say that's more of a 50-50 type of game, even though the Steelers look really good. Yep, I would agree with that. So let's turn our attention to the NFC before we kind of get into our picks, Mike. Um, The NFC East, I think I'm riding with the Eagles um, with the way the Cowboys ended up losing that game. They're tied in record. And if you compare both schedules, the Eagles have a little bit more of a favorable schedule uh, to end the year. So I'm sticking with my preseason pick with the Eagles. Then it seems like the 49ers and Seahawks are pretty much locks at this point to make the playoffs um the Packers Vikings I would say are locks and then the Saints like it it looks like the NFC is a little bit more crystallized um now with the wacky week of week 10 behind us but do you see any other potential people that are in the race still like we've kind of mentioned the Rams um the Panthers are sitting at five and four as well um and then the Eagles and Cowboys, whoever you want to pick, um that can compete for the wild card. But seems like the NFC's kind of take, playoff picture is kind of taking shape a little bit more. Yep, I agree with that, especially with the Seahawks beating the Forty ers Um, yeah, for me, I, not not too different. But I have Dallas actually still, um, Green Bay, Minnesota. New Orleans and um, And 49 Seahawks Mm -hmm. yeah I I think we're pretty much in agreement there Um, I'm kind of curious to see if like the Rams are able to get it together a little bit and kind of challenge um, for that second playoff spot Um, it's they have some winnable games but they also have like I would say I'm counting one, two, three, four pretty tough games still coming up, and even if they go two and two in those, uh, five and two for the rest of the season, they're, that's ten and six, and ten and six with some tiebreakers and things like that still might not get it done. Um, like the, the three games, that or the four games that I was talking about, they have the Ravens. They still have the Seahawks. They have the Cowboys on the road, and then they have the 49ers on the road. So they have to go two and two in those games, and then beat the Cardinals twice, and then the Bears. So it's possible that they still finish at ten and six, um, but it's also possible that this, this is the year that in the NFC, like a ten and six team gets left out. Yep, I could totally see that, and they are. You know, they they just miss their chance, right, a little bit. Like, they, they have the team. They have the talent. I just don't know if they have it in them to really, you know, try and make a run for it. Like, there's a lot of mental, like, energy that you have to put on that kind of, look, we're going to basically put, you know, try and go and win, like, every single game and go and have it every night. I just don't think that they'll have it for every week and, um, yeah, well, too low, too late if they do. And it, and it is pretty surprising, especially you kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast that this is pretty much their all-in year with all the players that they have coming up um, due for deals and things like that, and especially with Garrett, uh, Jared Goff's extension kicking in, it's going to really hamstring the caps for them and uh, limit the amount of players that they're able to bring in, especially because Goff will be on a more expensive deal. So it's going to really limit the amount of moves that they're able to make in terms of bringing in veteran veteran players in different positions in comparison to what golf's half-hit's going to be um, now in comparison to what it was when he was on a rookie-scale deal. So I'm a little like this is the time for them to really make the push and I'm not sure if they're gonna be able to um make the playoffs because of it. Oh well, Mike totally. let's go into our picks for week eleven. I'm sitting at eight and five right now uh with our picks so it looks like I am in the lead uh for that. Um I'm looking pretty solid right now. Um or eight and six, I believe. So I am I have a two-game advantage right now heading into week 11. That week 10 ended up really have, have, helping me out. So let's go through all the games. We have the Thursday night game, Steelers versus Browns. Uh, Steelers are away on the road at the Browns. Who do you have? I Pittsburgh gear. I have Pittsburgh here as well. Um, I think their defense is just for real. Like, I picked them up in fantasy, and they make a Fitzpatrick's unreal. He's been having a really nice return on their in their investment of a first-round pick uh, since coming over from Miami. So he's been outperforming that deal. And um, as long as Pittsburgh kind of plays that old-school, like, NFC North type of football where they kind of run the ball with Connor. Um, I I really think they'll be able to grind out this win. And um although the Browns ended up getting a, a really close win against Buff uh Buffalo team that's in the playoff hunt, I don't really see it for them. Yeah, I, I, I kinda see a path with the Browns. I think this will be a closer game than we all think. Um and you know, I, I, I don't feel comfortable fully picking the uh sorry, the uh Steelers here. But for me, it's having Connor back, um, yeah, in that defense, right? Yep, totally. So, Mike, let's go with the next game. Our Jets away at the Redskins. Who do you have? I'll, I'll go with our Jets here. All right. Back on the Jets bandwagon. I think I'm going with our Jets as well. Uh, the Redskins are god-awful as well. They're sitting at 1-8. and eight. Um, I wonder how empty that stadium is going to be down in uh FedEx field. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be wanting to sit through that game, um, but I have the Jets winning on the road. Mike, Jaguars versus Colts, really key pivotal AFC South uh, matchup. Um, it's going to go a long way in determining the playoff picture in the AFC. Who do you have in this game? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, a tough game. I mean, do they have Jacoby back? Um, I believe um, it seems like he's um, he was a full participant in practice um, today, and he was. It seems like he's expected to start against the Jaguars. Um, that's what was being reported by their local beat reporter. Um, while do, doing some quick research. So, yeah, I, I kind of like the Colts and if he plays, but the Jaguars, if he doesn't. It, it's yeah. too much of a, a line to swing. It really is. Um, let's assume that Jacoby plays then. Um I'll go with the you, Colts. Yeah, the Colts. I'm going with the Colts as well if Jacoby plays. Um, I just think they're a better team overall. Um, he just provides a little something different. He's an above. I like. You would like the way he had been playing earlier in the season. He's been an above-average quarterback. um, Totally agree. This year, in the way he's led the Colts, so if he's playing, I'm taking the Colts. All right, Mike. Bills, Dolphins. We kind of we we talked about the Bills' um, schedule to finish out the year. This is one of their must-win games. They have to have before their schedule gets tougher. Who do you have in this game? I, I, I have the uh the Bills here. And I think they'll they'll win it, but I think this Dolphins team has been frisky. The Dolphins have been fairly good in the last couple of games. Um mm-hmm. not to oversell at two and seventeen. They beat the Colts on the road, then they beat the the Jets. Um they've played they've already played this Bills team um fairly tough as well a couple weeks back. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a fairly close game. Um but I'm still taking the Bills in this game. Um just a little bit more incentive for them to do well. Um my Cowboys versus Lions, um Stafford, a lot of questions as to whether or not he's um playing or not is back. Yep. Yep, Cowboys stuff. here. Yeah, I think I'm and the Cowboys bounce back week for them as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if Stafford doesn't play, it's going to be really tough for this Lions team. Agreed. Yep, totally agree. Cowboys definitely a NFC, you know, division winner there. So mm-hmm. I, I have to go with the Cowboys here. Yep. Mike, I think this is the probably the best early game of the week Texans versus Ravens. Um, it's gonna be really important game, I think determining who's ends up being the number two seed behind the Pats. Um, who you have in this game? I the Ravens here and I I just like how, how Lamar how Lamar is playing. I mean we're talking about M V P candidates and uh we kinda of left him out. I know we aren't the biggest fans, but he's had two extremely impressive weeks. Um, I was thinking about it. You know what? I'm going with the Texans on the road. Um, it mm. doesn't really make that much sense. I just think there's a lot of hype over Lamar right now, and you're not buying it. No, it's not even that. Like, I think he's a good player. Um, I just i i i want to see him do it in a like. I really want to see him be really consistent. Like, obviously he had that huge win against the Patriots. I want to see if he's able to pass this next test, um, beating this Texans team. Um, and I think Deshaun's going to be a little bit, I think he's going to be motivated. Uh, like Lamar is getting all this plaudits. Not that Watson hasn't been getting any attention at all, but I think he'll be a little bit more motivated to kind of show up in this game, just because of how much attention Lamar's been getting. Interesting take. Well, we shall see. I am, I'm not, I'm not certain on this Texans um, defense Texans defense and its ability to stop Lamar in this kind of unique offense. I I can totally agree. I I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fairly close game, honestly. But um, yeah, my take is I think I trust Deshaun a little bit more. But who knows? We'll see. All right, Falcons versus Panthers, Mike. Falcons on the road. Are you are you kind of uh, believing in Young too, kind of coming through? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I I, I I I like the Panthers actually. If they were in the NFC, um. Yeah, I think that they've been a really good chance to make the playoffs in the AFC. But for me I, I, I like this Panthers team. I think they win against fun. Yep. I got the Panthers here as well. Christian McCaffrey all day. Um carrying my fantasy team into the playoffs right now, so uh mm-hmm. going Panthers. Saints versus Bucks. Is this a bounce back week for the Saints on the road against the Bucks, Mike? Has to be. I, I, I think that yeah. I, I mean I want to chalk it up to a fluke game. We'll give the Saints a pass. There's just too much veteran leadership here. Sort of, I, I I just don't think they allow themselves to go on this two-game slide. So I'm gonna go with the Saints. Yeah, I go with the Saints here too. Um, the Bucs have been interesting though. They've been like, they've been that team that just scores a ton of points. So you just have really no idea what to expect. Um, but I expect the Saints to kind of give the ball a little bit more to Alvin tomorrow during this week. Mm, but this run defense apparently is a top. I, I think it might be the best run defense in the league, like top three or something. Well, so. not even so much running the ball, but I just think in space, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay ended up releasing Vernon Hargrave. So I think they'll have a lot more mass uh, mismatches um, on the outside. Um to kind of take advantage of that. So I wouldn't be surprised by some of that. Mm -hmm. All right, Mike. Broncos versus Vikings. Who do you have here? Uh, The Vikings. I think it's a pretty easy one. I think this Vikings defense just swallows up um, the Broncos here. Yep, I I do as well. I take the Vikings. San Francisco versus the cardinals Mike? uh the forty ers come back yeah I have to go with the forty ers here as well i like i like the Cardinals do some interesting things. It was a really close game, but when they played la- uh earlier in the season but i i just think the forty ers are able to you know have their defense and 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 win. Got it. All right, Mike. I've been this the the repeat of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, Pats versus Eagles. Who do you have in this game, Mike? Yeah, I, I like this game for the Patriots. Um, yeah, this one I had a little bit of trouble on, honestly. Um, I know you like these, these these Eagles here. You like yeah. your words. I had a little bit of trouble on this one. Um, it I just didn't have the balls to do it just because the Pats are coming off of a bye. As are the Eagles, but I I just think Belichick off of a bye is really tough to match up with. Um, and I think they end up pulling it out on the road. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a fairly close game going into the fourth quarter. I'd trust your intuition sometimes. I'm going with the Pats, though. Um as weird as it
0: sounds.
1: Um so Mike, Raiders versus Bangles, who do you have here? Do we even I, need, is this Bengals team gonna go on in sixteen? Like it's no really I, I don't think I don't think they do, but I, I like the Raiders here. Yep. I, I'm taking the Raiders here at home. I think they'll be motivated. Um so I'm taking the Raiders here. Yep, like easy call. Bears versus Rams, who do you have in this game? Mm, so this is a little bit tougher um, game here, but I, I I I think the Rams, they say it every week, they get it together. I, I'm pretty sure I said this last week, the same like seat I'm sitting on saying that they would put it together against the Steelers, but I'm going to go with the Rams here and say they're able to you know, hopefully get it going a little bit. All right. Give me Chicago in this game. Um, Yeah. I just don't, like, I think Khalil Mack's going to kind of rain terror on on this Rams offensive line, Um, especially with the struggles that they had um, last week against the Steelers' defense. Um, and I think Khalil Mack's going to be in uh, Jagdolf's face all night and really going to bother him. Um, the key is whether or not Todd Gurley is going to be able to run. Um, maybe they maybe they show up a little bit more because it's Sunday night game. But and and this is like despite all the troubles that the uh, the Bears are have been having, um, you know, with at quarterback with Mitchell Trubisky. So. Um. Yeah, give me the Bears in this game. I like it. I like the bold call. Yeah, I don't feel good about the Rams, to be honest. Here, I just don't feel great about them for whatever reason. They have just some weird, bad energy. Uh, that's such a like. W- that's such a bad sports take. But it's just like they haven't been there. They haven't been like the Sean McVay like amazing offense uh, this year. Um, so I'm picking the Bears in this game. It's also 2 a.m. on the East Coast, so I I don't blame you here. But no, I I I I hear you. Something with this Rams team, bad mojo, whatever you want to call it. Where, um, you know, post Super Bowl hangover. It's almost like the Falcons, like, <laughs> um, any team that the Patriots end up beating in the Super Bowl, you kind of add this little hangover and. The Rams, they, they really wanted it, but for some reason, this offense, like, we haven't been able to get any answers as to why this offense hasn't improved, right? You would think that, you know, maybe there's one a week where, you know, the Rams show glimpses, but we haven't seen even a glimpse of it. And we keep thinking it's going to turn on, but maybe it's just, it's not quite there anymore. And totally. the defensive coordinators have done their research. Nothing's really changed. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this Rams offense. So, um, yeah, they just don't have the magic anymore of the Sean McFay. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think you're right with Gurley being able, like being that X-factor enough. Maybe I'm underrating him uh, a little bit. Totally. Mike, last game of the week, Monday night game. Who do you have in this game? I think it's going to be a good one. Chiefs mm. versus Chargers. Who do you have? I I like the game. I I wanted to choose the upset here in the Chargers, but I, I have to go with the Chiefs. Well, don't worry, Mike. I'll choose the upset for you. I'm staying on the Chargers bandwagon for no apparent reason, but um, give me the Chargers here. Um, wow. So you think that the Chiefs drop another one? Yeah. Um my logic behind this is I just think the the defense isn't as good. And it's like, it's, it's going to be getting into the shootout. And like, not that I I clearly think the, the Chiefs are favored in this one uh, or maybe slightly favored. I don't know what the line is. Um, Maybe take a quick uh, look at the line, Mike, for me, but I, I am feeling i get from this game i just think that the chargers typically they are this type of team when everything it when their backs are against the wall they somehow come through um and i just think this is one of those games where it'll look odd uh for a lot of people but people but I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the Chargers that we've seen over the past couple of years where they start off slow, they, sh- like, they lose games that they shouldn't lose, and then they win games they shouldn't win. So, yeah. It's, it's just like classic Chargers where they one week lose to the Raiders and then they beat the Chiefs. So give me the Chargers in this game. And I, log- I hear you. Yep. No sense. Yep, And the Chargers don't make any sense, but – at the same time, I, I I can't I can't go with the Chargers just because Mahomes is back. He looks great. I, totally, totally. I, Mel, Melvin totally Gordon good. hasn't been able to put it together as much either. Um, he looks pretty good in that Raiders game. Uh, granted, looked, but I, a Raider, The Raiders don't have like just as bad. So maybe it's a a kind of repeat week for Melvin Gordon. But I haven't been impressed with Rivers either. I I just don't think that. that's really a problem. Get to, if it gets into a shootout, right? You you just can't beat the Chiefs at a shootout, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: I'm not no, confident. I'm not confident in Philip Rivers at this point of his career. Yeah, I totally get that uh, point of view. But all right, so Mike, going through the three differential picks, I have the Texans over the the Ravens. You have the Ravens. I have the Bears. Over the Rams, you have the Rams, and then I have the Chargers over the Chiefs and you have the Chiefs. So those are three picks that we differ on. We'll see where we end up next week. Um hopefully you're able to catch up a little bit um in air in cool. But Mike, um let's move on to fantasy. How did it go this week? Yeah, it was a rough, rough week Um, you said you were one and one this week right so no i i really thought i was going to be one-on-one um Uh unfortunately monday night monday
0: night miracle for someone
1: no no i you know you would think that dk metcalf would you know i think i texted you sunday like morning and it looked really good for my team but you know stinker after stinker I put up like sixty points in that league. It was, it was ridiculously bad. Uh oh. And the team I lost to had like sixty five. So you it lost. was Ooh, no. it 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 was sad because other teams were putting up the combined scores of our of, of both our teams. So I, I lost to the worst play in the league. So I don't deserve to be the, in the playoffs. Is this I, like I might the make 0-8 it eight team or whatever is that no. now? No, that 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 league is over for me. So, <laughs> I'm I'm basically not paying any attention to it at this point. There's a nice, you know, weekly winner reward which so that's you know, what I keep, I keep my eye way. on, but 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 for the first one, yes, I I'm basically just um trying to win as many games, but I can't do it. Not a good week, not a good team. Well, you know, something David Johnson it's like that. David Johnson like if i just played a competent real running back i just i would have won in well i think few, that what i'm weeks, finding so. out is like a lot of say owners and then like a lot of david johnson owners that chose those guys in the first round are kind of getting screwed because of the injuries that both of those guys have had and maybe it's just like the lack of production um and then you kind of see any of the guys that kind of chose dalvin cook or christian mccaffrey having really good fantasy years um, because of how well they've been doing. Um, And for me, luckily, I've had Christian McCaffrey in both of my leagues. Um, So it's been really working out well there for me. Um, So can't complain too much about that. Another 2-0 week for me. I'm sitting in second for both of my leagues, Mike, making my march into the playoffs. Hopefully I'm able to keep it up um, favored and in my league in one of my leagues right now um to finish first um to end the year first in the first place guy this week but i'm favored by 20 points so keeping my fingers crossed there hoping hoping for the best preparing for the worst um really liking the steelers uh, defense have those guys in both of my leagues um really putting up a really sh- i think they're the number three fantasy team behind the Patriots and, uh, the, the, uh, 49ers, um, in fantasy defense this year. So they've been really productive. And my special, basically my special teams, my defense and my uh, kicker have been carrying me through in both my leagues. As I have Harrison Bucker and, uh, Greg Zerline in, in both my leagues. So, uh, working out pretty well, uh, on, on those points. And, uh, yeah, can't complain too much about fantasy um at this point. It's just a matter of hope hopefully everyone stays healthy and uh um just get consistent results. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough when you don't have a, a top 5 pick. how of choose I believe at like 8 or 10. So, yep. yeah, I wish I had a Christian McCaffrey. I wish I had a top 2 pick. So, you know, Mike, sometimes it's really tough to be good at fantasy. It's tough to be a consistent fantasy player like myself luck. on a year-to-year on a, on a year year basis. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just tough. So I think it's kind of really tough to, like, uh, really hang your hat on fantasy and um, you never can really, like, bank on it. But, you know, there's always next year. Always next year to go – torture yourself again uh, through the fantasy season. So we'll Mike, see you next year. I don't know if I'll put myself through the torture. We'll see you next year. Oh, wow. That's an interesting hot take. Um, yeah, only six more weeks to put you, put yourself through the torture chamber. Um, Mike, before we actually end up going, there's one thing that I did want to talk about and get your thoughts on. Um, and it's kind of making it... Um, the, the topic's been making its way through um all the NFL circles. But what just give me your quick thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and um uh, his workout. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting you think it's a PR stunt. it just came out of nowhere, to be very honest. Right? For me like it seems like an interesting PR stunt by the NFL. Like, we know the NFL doesn't care. No. They haven't they're they're not a league like that actually cares about this kind of like it it's a PR stunt. They are trying to improve their image. We'll actually see if anything comes out of this Kaepernick agreement. But you know, I, I I'm I'm kind of rooting for him. Oh, I think I that mean, a lot of teams I think a lot I of teams can use a, a decent quarterback or probably like a, even a backup quarterback. Um
0: yeah, like we'll I would say I out.
1: would say like a Bears, the Ra- like the Ravens as well. But like the Ravens have RG like they they're pretty set there, so like makes sense. But I'm just thinking of offensive schemes that kinda of surround them and those two teams come to mind right away. Um yeah, I think the Bears make a lot of sense. A lot of sense. What do they have to lose? Um Yeah, they really don't have anything to lose. I'm just kind of wondering, like, how effective someone like Kaepernick is. Like, yes, he probably deserved the, um, the chance when he was pretty much blackballed by the NFL back in 2016, and that's, like, the last time he's played. But, like, it's been pretty much three years since he's been on an NFL team. So... I'm curious to see like whether or not he still has everything um and if the team's bold enough to give it a, give him a chance or a conspiracy theory, maybe Roger Goodell is kind of mandating after all the hoopla and like the the um the lawsuits and things like that, whether or not he's mandated basically everyone to send a representative and one team gives him a flyer to sign him. We'll see. I mean I it wouldn't surprise me those kinds of interesting dealings, um, especially with the NFL. But yeah, I mean football Kaepernick all the best. I mean sad that he didn't have a roster spot before, but it you're right, like talent wise, we'll see if he actually still has it and kind of deserves it too. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's just hard after three years to come back and do Anything, even if he's been doing it in a practice setting, like it's just different in comparison to like real, real game speed. It's like kind of imagining you fencing for three years, practicing by yourself or with like a coach or personal trainer and then being expected to be like, all right, Mike, like you're going to go to like go to like an international competition and expect to perform well. Like it's almost unrealistic to think that would happen. Yep, yep, I, I, I kind of agree with you that way. It's definitely lost Yep, totally agree. So, Mike, thanks again for coming on. And guess what, Mike? This is episode 100, so pretty awesome. Damn, what a celebration. Episode 100. Yep, so, Mike, thanks again for coming on
0: message and i hope it makes you smile don't worry about me baby cuz i swear that i'll be fine i got a girl with a mind on love the kind of love that is dangerous it knocks me down but i get back up and now i'm addicted i can't get enough